Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. It's been a really good week researching this and reading and studying and God, Scripture, as always, kind of illuminated something that I'd never caught before, and now I get to share that with you, and that is exciting. So, we, as believers, have been promised a blessing, and that blessing is just, it's not just a blessing, it's the greatest blessing that has ever been given. It's life, abundant life, through Jesus And this blessing does not come from what we do or how hard we work, but it comes through Jesus and the work he did on the cross. And he died and gave us this blessing completely based on himself. So we ourselves could never work long enough or hard enough to earn the magnitude of this blessing. Yet we strive as if we could and confess that salvation by works is impossible. We claim that Jesus has fulfilled the law, yet we have rewritten one for ourselves. And it's a law of morality, religious disciplines, and Christian love. And these things are required of us. They're good things. However, they do not bring us closer to the blessing we were promised before the foundation of the earth. God has assured us as believers that we are set apart. He has known our name since before the day he spoke light into existence. He has offered us through salvation, or he has offered us salvation through Jesus since the day that Adam took his first breath. You, as a believer, have been given a blessing before you even knew what that blessing looked like. You chose to accept it, but God has always freely offered it. The Bible is full of stories of people who were chosen to carry the blessing of God while incorrectly assuming the weight of earning that blessing was their own. Instead of viewing the blessing as a gift that leads to a change in behavior, they attempted to change their behavior to earn the gift. But that is not how God works. He doesn't work that way because we could never earn it, and he would never be able to give what he has longed to give since he created the earth. One of the first people we see in the Bible who faces this dilemma of striving for his blessings is Jacob. Jacob was the son of Isaac and Rebekah. Before he was even born, God had declared that he, the younger brother, would receive the blessing. And we see that in Genesis 25, 22 through 26. I am going to pause for a second. I have a whole bunch of scripture, but we're just going to, it'll be up there and we'll get through it. (laughs) So the children struggled together within her, Rebecca, and she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, the older shall serve the younger. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red 
all his body like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. During this time in history, the younger was always below the older brother. However, God declared a reversal. Jacob would be the strongest, and he would be served by his older brother Esau. Regardless of this promise from God, Jacob grew up with a desire to manipulate the situation to his own advantage. The first reversal we see in Jacob's life is when he takes um, Esau's birthright for himself. And we see that in Genesis 25. And Esau sells his birthright for a bowl of soup. And I mean, that's lost on us. We don't have birthrights. We don't understand. But this birthright going to the eldest son was so important that in Deuteronomy 21, there's actually a law saying the father cannot give it to anyone but the oldest son. This was a big deal. It was the oldest son's. It was not Jacob's. So what exactly was this birthright, though? It was a double portion of the father's belongings when he died. So in Isaac's case, he would split his land into three portions, and then he would give Esau two, and he would give Jacob one. But Jacob jumped on the opportunity to take Esau's future blessing for himself. And so God's prophetic words were set into motion early in Jacob's life. As Isaac neared death, he called for Esau to give him his blessing. And this was not the birthright. This was a separate blessing. And Isaac sent Esau to go hunt for fresh game and prepare him a meal. And once Esau brought the meal back, Isaac would bless him. However, this time, Rebekah, the mother, pushes Jacob to take what was not his and claim the blessing as his own through a scheme. Genesis 27, 5 through 17 says, Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me a delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice and go bring them to me. So he went and took them and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which was within her house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread, which she had prepared, into the hand of her son, Jacob. Jacob does end up receiving that blessing. The blessing called for physical blessings, money, food, prosperity, and it also called for social blessings. He says people will serve him and nations will bow down to him and he will be the Lord of his brother. While this blessing again showed the switch that God spoke of before Jacob was even born, this blessing was not meant for him. He was continuing down a path of self-provision. He believed by his own tricks and schemes, he could grasp the blessing promised him by God. 
He did not trust that God could and would accomplish the blessing in his life through God's own power. Jacob had assumed that God's blessing would be the blessings naturally given to the firstborn son. But God had another blessing for Jacob entirely. God did not need the blessings of Esau. He did not need the sins of Rebekah and the deception of Jacob to bless Jacob with the blessings he had promised since before he was born. And the promised blessing that Jacob receives is found in Genesis 28, 1 through 5. Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and directed him. You must not take a wife from the Canaanite woman. Arise, go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and take as your wife from there one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may become a company of peoples. May he give the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you, that you may take possession of the land of your sojournings that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to Paddan Aram to Laban, the son of Bethuel and Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, Jacob's and Esau's mother. This was the blessing that God had promised before Jacob was born to Jacob. And that blessing is the blessing that God's going to make him fruitful and multiply him, and he's going to become a company of peoples, and that he's going to have the blessing of Abraham on him and him his offspring. This was the first blessing that Jacob received without scheming, lying, or manipulating. And this blessing was not for the firstborn son because it was to be passed down to whomever God passed it down to. And God had chosen Jacob. And this would not only affect Jacob, but his entire lineage. And from there, every person who ever walked the earth would be blessed because of Jacob. Jacob could not know that one day his sons would form the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob could not know that one day from him would come David, who would be the most famous king of Israel. And he had no clue that in his own family tree would be Jesus, the king of kings and the Messiah. This was the promised blessing of Jacob. Yet he spent so much time fighting for the small blessings of double portions and social standing. The next portion of Jacob's life is fairly known. He, of course, went to live with his uncle, and he sees Rachel working, or he sees Rachel, and he works for seven years to marry Rachel. But then we all know he did not get Rachel. He got Leah. And then he worked for seven more years to have Rachel. And he worked even longer, but eventually he, his two brides, plus their maids, and his 11 sons leave his uncle. And as they travel, they come to the land of Esau. And even though it's been 20 years, Jacob is still scared of Esau. Um, And that night, Jacob wrestles to secure yet another blessing for himself. And it says, And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and men and have prevailed. 
Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. I've heard this story so many times. But the significance of that struggle between God and Jacob was lost on me until this week. This fight was a turning point in Jacob's life. Ellicott writes, But a change has now come over Jacob's character, and he is henceforth no longer the crafty schemer who was ever plotting for his own advantage, but one humble and penitent who can trust himself and all he has in God's hands. This change did not come over Jacob easily. It came from the fight until God himself had to humble Jacob to the point where he could fight no more. God touched Jacob in a way that he knew would wound him enough to bring him to surrender. God had to force Jacob into a position of defeat in order for Jacob to accept the blessing God had given him since before his birth. Humility and repentance were not found without wounds that would last until Jacob died. However, it was this defeat and surrender that opened Jacob's eyes to who he truly was, Israel. God renamed him in the wake of defeat. From surrender, the blessing became Jacob's identity. He was no longer Jacob the schemer, but Israel, the fighter of God and the father of his people. That is the story of Jacob becoming Israel. Moving from a place of fighting for his blessing to accepting his blessing as who he was. So how does this relate to us today? What blessing did he fight so hard for and is that the same blessings we accept today? In Genesis, there are several blessings and we've touched on most of them throughout Jacob's story. There were temporal blessings, which is like the birthright. And there are spiritual blessings. And finally, there was the blessing that was first seen in Eden to be fruitful and multiply and rule the earth. The Eden blessing was the blessing that God passed on to Abraham, Isaac, and eventually Jacob. It was a blessing that was meant to create a set-apart nation that would one day bless all nations. This blessing was God's special blessing, and Jacob confused this blessing with blessings of temporal things such as money, social status, and belongings. He believed the temporal blessings were more important, important enough to scheme, manipulate, and lie to take the blessings for himself. But he misjudged the importance of the blessing that was already his. He didn't see he was a potential new Abraham and that his name would forever be connected to the greatest blessing and the one we possess. The same blessings that existed in Genesis do exist today to some extent. Of course, we do not have the blessing of the firstborn or any of those, but God still blesses his people abundantly. And he promises in scripture to provide all that we need. We still receive spiritual blessings through the Spirit. And most importantly, we all are still blessed through the fulfillment of the Eden blessing that Jacob carried. The fulfillment of that blessing is, of course, Jesus, which we've already talked about. He was the reason God called Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to multiply 
and be fruitful because they had to have families that would eventually have Jesus. He was the way Abraham's descendants would bless all nations because his sacrifice is sufficient for every single person, regardless of where they come from, what they look like, and who they are. Jesus was the promised blessing in Genesis, the active blessing in the New Testament, and he is the fulfillment of those blessings in our times. Sharing a blessing with Jacob is not the only connection most of us share with him, though. Many of us share his backstory. We've all schemed, manipulated, and lied to try to earn a blessing that was already ours. Maybe not all of us, but most of us. Like Jacob, we are set apart by God for a blessing that is not dependent on our own actions. Paul writes about this in Romans 9, 6 through 13. And on the screens is the ESV, but I am going to read the New Living. It says, For not all who are born into the nation of Israel are truly members of God's people. Being descendants of Abraham doesn't make them truly Abraham's children. For the scriptures say, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted, though Abraham had other children too. This means that Abraham's physical descendants are not necessarily children of God. Only the children of the promise are considered to be Abraham's children. For God had promised, I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. This son was our ancestor, Isaac. When he married Rebekah, she gave birth to twins. But before they were born, before they had done anything good or bad, she received a message from God. This message shows that God chooses people according to his own purposes. He calls people, but not according to their good works or bad. She was told, your son, your older son will serve your younger son. In the words of the scriptures, I loved Jacob, but I rejected Esau. This is not a conversation about how election works, because we could discuss that, and we could probably argue about that until we were blue in the face. Paul's point here is that the world's and even Israel's method of choosing who deserves the blessings of God is not how God chooses. The world chooses the strong, it chooses the good, and it chooses the worthy. And Israel chooses those whose ancestral roots are firmly Jewish. But God chooses people according to his own purposes. The world rejected you and me because we are weak, but God chose us anyways. The world rejected us because we were bad, but God chose us anyways. The world rejected us because we are completely unextraordinary, and God chose us anyways. And I'm pretty sure Israel rejected all of us in here because we're Gentiles, but God chose us anyways. God didn't just choose you, though. He welcomed you. He offered you more than forgiveness. He offered justification. He washed it away. It's gone. But don't be confused. The world and Israel, they were right about us. We are not worthy. Paul said God chose us regardless of whether we are good or bad. But he also very clearly said that we are bad. <laughs> Romans 3.23 famously says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You and I, like Jacob, are not good people. We do not deserve the blessing that we have been given. We deserve death, and we definitely do not deserve to stand before God unashamed because Jesus took all our shame as his own and clothed us in righteousness. But also, like Jacob, we receive the blessing of another. 
Romans 3, 20 through 22 says, For by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his, God's sight. Since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. This is where our story differs from Jacob. God had a blessing set aside for Jacob, but Jacob stole Esau's in an attempt to control his life. However, God's plan for your blessing and my blessing is for it to be another person's blessing that we receive. Through faith, we receive the blessing that is rightfully Jesus's, which is why we are called children of God, because Jesus has the blessing of being God's son. And he gives you that blessing freely. He could keep it to himself, but he doesn't. But we cannot escape our similarities with Jacob. Because, like I said, we have all tried to take blessings that are not ours. We try to control our life through manipulation of God's blessings. Sometimes we pray for healing. But instead of trusting God's will and goodness, we try to corner him by having enough faith for him to heal us. If we have enough faith for him to heal us, then he'll heal us. And we're manipulating God to give us that blessing of healing that he might not have planned for us. And sometimes we manipulate how we receive blessings that is already our own. Instead of trusting in the all-sufficiency of Christ's sacrifice and accepting that we receive it strictly through faith, we try to be good enough.